And we are back with another live and amplified jam session. How's it going today, everybody? I hope you guys are having a great day. It's been a long, another long day for me. I feel like it's a never-ending day. But we're going to get through this jam session. Where it's a great one. I We got a lot of really cool stuff lined up. And I hope you guys really enjoy it. So considering that it's been a long day for me... We are going to keep the intro short and get straight into the music. Uh, today's jam session features Alicia Stockman. Let's get it. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, we are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. I'm ever gonna buy 
put your head on my heart and lay down in the crook of my arms. Everything's okay, I've been found again. I've been found again. Welcome everybody to another live and amplified jam session. We are here live in Waco, Texas, and you just heard that from Alicia Stockman, joining us from all the way from Heber City, uh, Utah. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, thank you. How so, are you doing? <laughs> so what brings you to Texas? Um, I'm doing some tour dates here in Texas right now. I have about seven shows lined up. Um, starting off, I had a house concert last night, and then I built some shows around that date, and here I am playing some shows. You just played an Indigo Girls cover. I did. Uh, why'd you choose that song as your first? Um, I've been a big Indigo Girls fan for a long time, uh, since high school, maybe even earlier. Um, and they're one of a big influence of mine and learned how to play a lot of their songs when I first picked up guitar. Um, and recently I got to go see them in Asheville, North Carolina, and I got to go backstage and meet them. So that was like a big moment for me to meet my heroes uh, just a couple weeks ago. And so they're on my mind and it's, I've been driving around a lot. So a three county highway song seemed very appropriate for today. Who are some of your uh, influences? Well, besides the Indigo Girls, um, I also was a big, oops, pardon me, uh, was a big fan of the, of Jewel. She was a big influence on me when I was younger. Um, a lot of her lyrics still stick with me. And, uh, Patty Griffin's also a huge influence as far as, uh, Texas songwriter is Chris Knight's a big influence of mine. I've always really loved his music and the way that he puts together lyrics. It's always been very powerful for me. So I've kind of a broad spectrum of, of different influences coming from different parts of the Americana genre. Outside of the music industry, who are some of your uh, people that are supporting you and some influ influencing you to keep going and stuff like that? Influencing me to keep going. Um, oh, I'm friends and family. Definitely. I have a, a restaurant job back home that kind of helps me support uh, doing this thing and keeping it flexible so that I can pay the bills and still go on the road. And so that community has been really actually awesome, um, even though it's just, you know, it's your average sports bar, but it's actually freed up a lot of time and energy for me to keep doing this. So, um, yeah, mostly just friends and family have been really supportive of keeping me out there and doing stuff. So you're from you're technically from Salt Lake City, but you currently live in Heber City? I'm actually from Midway, which is like a few miles from where okay. I live now. But I always say Salt It depends where you're from when okay. they ask where I'm from. <laughs> if you're from Utah, I'll say Heber. But if you're not from Utah, I'll say Salt Lake because people don't know very many places yeah. in Utah anyway. So. <laughs> when I was looking at, looking at it on the map, I didn't know if Heber City was like a suburb of Salt Lake. But it's kind of that midway point between Park City and Provo. Is that about... Yeah, yeah, just it's just right about there. So I live there um, just outside of the Park City Mountains, so I'm really close to Park City. It's a quick, like, 15-minute drive from my house to get into the mountains there. Um, so, yeah, that's why I'm based there because it's a little less expensive than Park City, but still the same great views, and it's really beautiful, but it's, it's a little bit more affordable to live there. What's the uh, independent music scene like there? It's interesting. I mean, Salt Lake, I think, is... Um, I say Salt Lake because it's kind of, you know... 
all musicians kind of go in and out of Salt Lake to play. Oh, sorry, I'm going to quit right, you're good. the microphones. Because <laughs> I can cut that mic. Great. Right. Okay. But uh, yeah, the I mean, you're going in and out of Salt Lake as your main market for music. Park City is also a pretty good market for music. Um, but I feel like it's a pretty diverse market. I mean, the used is from Salt Lake and so is Neon Trees. And so you're like, those are two very different bands who are out of Salt Lake. Um, but there is a really nice little, for me as a folk artist and folk Americana, there's a nice little organization called the Intermountain Acoustics Mus- Acoustic Musicians Association. And they kind of keep the community together with monthly events and songwriting workshops and instrument workshops. And so that's kind of nice to have that small little niche community within the big city. That's like, I mean, musically it's all over the place. Like it's not like a Nashville where you're known for your country music. Salt Lake is pretty broad. There's, I mean, we have a good jazz scene, there's punk bands, there's, you know, all kinds of rock bands, everything you can imagine. But, um, yeah. So for me as a folk musician, the community is small, but it is pretty tight. And then I'm sure like the Sundance Film Festival, that really helps. The, like you think film festival, but I know they also do like a lot of music stuff during the festival as well. I'm sure that also helps. Yeah, they do. Um, I actually missed Sundance Film Festival this year and last year. I Just the way that things worked out, I was out of town both times. But um, yeah, what they there's a lot of ways that music can connect with movies and stuff. And they have an, an ASCAP cafe at the festival and a BMI music cafe. And so they'll have like concerts with like up and coming artists or artists on their bill who are releasing new music. Like last year, Patty Griffin played at the ASCAP Cafe, which was like a tiny art gallery that suddenly got turned into a music venue. So there's really cool opportunities for musicians to get in front of people in a listening room format at something so big and broad as the Sundance Film Festival. So you're going to play an original for us. Uh, Mm -hmm. What song are you going to play? Um, I'm going to play a song called Grace. And I wrote this song for my niece. And uh, yeah, so when she was born seven years ago, which is crazy, it's been that long, but I wanted to write a song about her. And it took it took about six years for me to get it right and to finally sit down and get that lightning bolt of inspiration where I'm like, finally now, like she's become like this interesting person and all of her own and not just, you know, a kid who's adapting to the world. She's really like, cut out her space in the world by this point and so it came together really easily once it finally came together You're the wishes on a dandelion Before the breeze blows them away You're the dew on a spider web A silver and gold mosaic The kind of fragile treasure That I could never try to keep And you're full of grace color in the sunset in a constant state of change surprising and delighting
way As bright as you are quick Even the thunder has nothing to say How long has that song been uh, out? Um, it's actually not out. <laughs> okay. um, I wrote this song, I guess, last spring. So I think I finished it around May of 2019. Um, I released an EP in 2019 as well from some singles that I recorded with a, a band I was working with before. And um, we put some songs together for that. But since then, I haven't really... I've been writing a lot, but I haven't quite pieced together what my next release is going to be so I have all these songs written that don't really live anywhere yet but that hopefully in the next few months I can figure out how those songs are going to be you know out in the ether and available for people to get a hold of speaking of putting together albums and EPs what's kind of your process when you get ready to put something together do you write for it do you just pick from songs that you already have like kind of what's your process well, I would like to, I don't think that I have a process since I've only, I really only have the one EP is the first thing I've ever released under my own name. Um, so I'm really new to it. I'm still trying to figure it out and uh, I haven't really planned how my next one's going to go. Um, what I learned from the first one though was the goal of it was to have something tangible to give people at shows and for someone to say, oh, where can I find your music and to have an actual answer for them. So um, I kind of worked with a, a band that I played with for a long time, a lot of the guys that I played with in a bar band, and we shifted over to making this EP. Um, they helped me make it on a shoestring budget. We totally did it DIY style and we made it happen. And it was based on songs that were written and we had rehearsed together and as a band. And all the while, while we're putting that together, I was still writing these other songs that, um, you know, and as I'm getting better as a songwriter, I'm working on my craft and trying to improve. Um, these songs are just kind of coming up on in like a one-off kind of manner. Uh, so I'm not really writing for any specific theme or purpose other than just to keep writing and keep flexing those muscles until they get better and, and the songs themselves come, you know, more easily, but also more professionally and they just like sit together better. Um, so right now I'm kind of in the process of just writing as much as I can and really pulling out the songs that are, that I feel really strongly about and that are really positive, that are really complete and hoping to collect a bunch of those into, 
either another EP or a full-length record, depending on if they all go together or if maybe some of them aren't as strong as others. So I think that's kind of going to shake out in the next few months for me to figure out. Um, How do you decide what you're going to write about? It can be a bunch of different things. So like I keep a notepad in my phone, like a lot of songwriters do with ideas that I scoop up. Either it's a song title or like a line in a book I was reading that I, I do that a lot where if I'm reading something and there's just this really pretty description or metaphor in the book, I'll write it down in my notepad and then come to it and be like, okay, how do I incorporate this into a song? But I usually start with guitar. I like to have a melody or just like some musical piece to like, work the lyrics out in so I have like some sort of framework or a place for it to go I'm not very good at starting with lyrics first and I know a lot of people who like can can write a bunch of words down and then they try to put music to it and that's really hard for me so I kind of go with whatever random thought or idea or lyric or hook or title that came to me and then I sit down with a guitar and kind of see if it's gonna you know flesh something out how often do you usually bring in like a co-writer because I know when we were talking before you came down here you were mentioning about um, trying to co-write with a friend. Yeah. How often do you get to do that? Is that something that's, because I know in like Nashville in that area, that's a huge thing, mm-hmm. doing the writer rounds and stuff like that. Is that something that's big in uh, Utah or? You know, it's not that big. Well, I don't know. I for I can only speak for myself, but I don't co-write very often. Um, I've been trying to more. I had, a, I recently was in Nashville for a few days and I, I wrote with a friend, Daniel Niehoff. He and I got together and wrote a song. Um, and I have a couple co-writes set up this week while I'm on tour. So I'm going to go to Austin Tuesday and write with a friend and then, uh, back to Houston on Saturday to write with somebody. And I kind of look at that, like both the people I asked to write with on this tour are like, they're way outside my league when it comes to songwriting. But in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, if they're willing to write with me, great. Um, but I'm going to learn a lot from writing with them just because you get better by being around people who are better than you and take you up to that next level. And so for me, I really seek for co-writing just to get outside my own head and turn off my inner editor and just be able to write. And it's sometimes really, really helpful to have that other person in the room to just, you say a bunch of random stuff and see what sticks and see what they say and and repeat the process until you get something on paper. We're going to have you play another original. Okay. Since we're on the topic of writing and stuff, uh, what's the uh, next original you're going to play? Uh, this song is called Comfort in the Chaos, and I wrote this, uh, I guess, in August as 2019 is when it started to come together. It was at a, I would go to the Rocky Mountain Song School in Lyons, Colorado every year, and this will be going on my fifth year there, but um, I was at a Steve Seskin workshop, and this title came out of a list of possible prompts, and um, after working with it, a few different, co- or a few different rounds of edits and drafts and finally came together as a song. Place to land. 
comfort in the chaos every time. Gunshots tearing through the news. Our world is sick, broken, abused. And faced with a new kind of fear. And how long till it happens here? So I reach out for your. place to land when my heart is aching knees are shaking I'm barely hanging on your hand meets mine and all I'll find comfort in the chaos every So for the uninitiated that have never seen you perform before, what's what's a show? What's your show usually like? What can people expect when they come to see you? Hmm. Um, great question. Uh, for me, I I prefer like small, intimate shows. So if I'm at a place like, I don't know, I don't, I really like playing for like small amounts of people, weirdly, I guess. Maybe people are like that. But uh, I really just enjoy... I'm not a great storyteller, so I want to say I like the stories. I let my songs be the stories. I don't really like to um, get up there and explain the guts of a song because I feel like that's the song's job is to tell the story and make you feel something and you follow along and you, as a listener, experience what you experience. So I don't always like to tell the guts of the song, but I do like to tell stories about like where I was when I wrote the song or, you know, whatever anecdote that comes with, um, how the song came to fruition, you know, and I think I talk a little bit probably more about process than I do about content. Um, but I do like to share that part of it with people. And from what I gather, like I was at a house concert last night and talking to some people and they're just like, I just love hearing where, you know, how this all happened, like what the work is behind the scenes and everything. And so I like to share that part of it. And I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of awkward and uh, 
quirky in my I get my dad's peanut gallery sense of humor so I'm just up there making self-deprecating jokes usually is kind of how I present myself but uh, I try to just have a nice flow of I have a lot of sad songs but I have some quirky funny songs too and kind of keep it lighthearted. but you know I really leave the uh, emotional component of, of it up to the listener to whatever the experience they're going to have. I, I try not to like guide it one way or be like, this is a sad song, so be sad. I'll be like, here's a song, and however you feel about it, maybe it'll make you laugh because some lyric in there hits a chord some other for somebody else. It might make them cry. So I just kind of leave that part up to the listener. As far as um, selecting songs that you play, like when you get ready for a show and you're like kind of planning out in your mind, or I see right here, you have a sheet of paper. <laughs> My cheat sheet. Yeah, your cheat sheet. <laughs> um, and especially... In an because before uh, before we started here, you'd mentioned that there's a lot of cover gigs in Utah or mm-hmm. in Salt Lake City in that area. How do you kind of gauge the audience as far as what they want to hear if they want to hear originals versus covers, and how do you kind of lay pre-plan that with that not knowing the? Ooh, that's a great question. Um. Well, when it comes to, like, if I know it's a listening room format where I'm going to be primarily playing originals, which is obviously my ideal show, I much prefer being able to play songs to people who really care about music, but I I usually am in love with my most recent songs, (laughs) just because I feel like as a, you know, as a writer, I'm getting, I'm getting better and better all the time, hopefully not getting worse. And so I uh, am usually really trying not to just play all my newest songs up front just because I want to save like the better songs for, you know, sprinkle them throughout the set. And then I sometimes have to remind myself, be like, you know what, some of these older songs are really good too and not everyone in the room knows that these are older songs. Just play them and let people enjoy them or not like them if that's their preference. But um, when it comes to kind of a mishmash, if I'm not really sure what I'm up against, I have a set of covers that, you know, I kind of know. I've played the cover scene for a long time, so I know what's going to put money in your tip jar versus um, something that I'm going to really have fun playing, which not they're not always the same song. <laughs> so yeah, just choosing songs, like a nice mishmash of my own songs. I try to play my own songs as often as possible. So even if I'm playing a cover gig, they're peppered in throughout the set. Um, but I have like a John Fulbright tune that I cover. Um, I do a, a Talking Heads song that I do, um, of course, Indigo Girls from Bob Dylan. There's never a bad time with a Bob Dylan song here and there. So I just kind of pick, I mostly pick stuff I like, but at the same time that's accessible. It's not so obscure that people won't be able to connect with it. But at the same time, you know, I have to really love it if I'm going to be playing it out for an audience. Because if I don't connect with it, then there's no hope of the audience ever even looking up from whatever they're doing at their bar stool or dinner table or whatever. So try to pick stuff that I really enjoy singing and playing. What do you do to try and make it different from the original? Um, yeah, I rarely play stuff like the original. I guess like guitar-wise, I don't change it up all that much. Mm-hmm. I think mine is more of a cadence and delivery thing. I've been told I have a unique cadence when I write and sometimes can be problematic with co-writers because we're not like hearing things the same way in our heads, but at the end of the day, you know, it all, it all shakes out. But, um, I think cadence and delivery, I mean, singing for me is my, I'm, I'm, I enjoy playing with melody. And so I will toy with the melody and just how, how I'm going to sing it 
probably the most more than anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I, am, I don't shy away from playing songs that are written by men and they're going to have a different timbre and they're going to have a different like, I'm like, hey, I have this opportunity to create something different because I have a, a different vocal quality than guys do. So I can kind of play with that. So we're going to have you do another cover song. You said it's going to be a Talking Heads cover? Yeah, I'm going to do This Must Be The Place by Talking Heads. Home is where I want to be. Pick me up and turn me around. I feel numb, born with a weak heart. I must be having fun The less we say about it the better We'll make it up as we go along Feet on the ground Head in the sky It's alright I know nothing's wrong
Now, what is it about that song that made you choose it? <laughs> um, I actually got asked to play that song at someone's wedding, so that's why I initially learned it. But uh, it had always been on my bucket list for songs to learn. Sean Colvin does a great cover of that song, and um, the way that she plays it is really interesting. She has a different chord progression that she puts the chorus over, and it sounds really cool. And so I love the way that when women play it, it just adds a whole different sweet element to it that, um, you know, David Byrne obviously has his approach to it, which is fascinating and fun to watch and listen to. Um, but it's just such a well-crafted song, and it's cool and unique, and um, there's just so much room to make it into whatever you want and so i think it's cool that it has that flexibility built in something we kind of touched on in earlier in the interview um what got you into music i don't know i guess I, it depends where we want to start <laughs> um when i was little i had for some reason i like really really wanted voice lessons for christmas one year and so i think i was in like maybe first or second grade and i got them and i just remember that the woman who taught the voice lessons she taught uh, piano for the the Mormon church in town and I was not Mormon I didn't grow up Mormon or anything and so the woman didn't know what songs to teach me with because all the songs she did were Mormon hymns and so she had to like come up with this whole new songbook of songs to teach the one non-Mormon kid in her <laughs> in her you know her student body I guess but uh I, I got voice lessons for Christmas when I was like little and then um I didn't really play music after that until I, I put played clarinet in the middle school wind orchestra. So and that helped in that learning to read music and appreciating music in a, in a different way. It was like classical, but you know, um, the elements of music were built there. And then I picked up my dad's guitar in high school and just used the internet to learn how to play it and uh, started writing songs when I was in college. And then I joined a band and I was in this rock band for 10 years and we played dive bars with sticky floors and we played Stevie Wonder covers. So it was kind of a long evolution of how, you know, my interests were shaped, my knowledge was shaped and everything to bring me to where I am. Um, but I mean, I think we always had music playing in the house. Like when I was growing up, my parents, we were like early adapters of like the CD player and the CD record, you know, like the CD clubs like Columbia House. Was it not Columbia House? That's coffee. No, it's, um... <laughs> It's the same ones that they did like the DVDs too. Yeah, yeah. and you had like the booklet and you yeah. had to like get 10 a month, but mm -hmm. we were early adopters of that. And so we had a lot of CDs. Like we weren't a musical family per se. Like we didn't like sing in choir or anything, but there was always music playing in the house. And, you know, that was always just, we always got a lot of enjoyment out of music. So it was super easy for me to want to just replicate the things I was hearing on my own by playing the guitar and singing. Was there one special song that really inspired you to be like this is what i'm doing was there like that one song oh one song um i don't i can't pick a song it's funny i was driving around colorado last summer and for whatever reason i was having like a throwback moment of like cds that i loved when i was in high school and found myself remembering every single word to like these four different CDs that I and I just put them on repeat the whole time I was driving like eight hours at a time in Colorado but one of them was Jules This Way album and that album from top to bottom I really for some reason sticks with me there's some really cool songwriting that goes on in that and now that I'm you know have this whole experience behind me and I've learned all this stuff about songwriting craft I still go back to the songs and I'm like that is a good line <laughs> like like I loved it then and I'm like it still is a really good line it totally holds up so I just remember that that album holds a lot of weight with me and yeah that one's really fun 
how is the your experience with the rock band that you were in earlier how's that experience helped you move forward with your solo career oh man i learned so much in that band and um so i was the lead singer but i had all these guys who were way better musicians than me and i could never figure out why they were putting up with me for such a long time but um they're all pretty professional and so i learned musically i learned i they just helped diversify my tastes a lot and i learned from a lot of different artists that i never probably would have otherwise looked into or listened to and so then i'm sitting here having to learn cover songs and pulling them apart so i can internalize them and then perform them and i think that there's a lot to be learned from that like you learn great artists moves and their styles and like the things that they do and like you know melody lines that are very common with this artist versus this artist and so i learned you know the breadth of that but i also learned the ropes as far as like loading in loading out negotiating with a manager like how to talk to your sound guy like how not to talk to your sound guy (laughs) and you know the ins and outs of the business side and like on a small scale like cover band stuff like it's pretty now compared to what I'm trying to do now it's a lot it's pretty easy um all that negotiating and booking and not planning but um I mean it definitely got my feet wet and I I sometimes forget like what a badge of honor that is to have really put in my time and earned my stripes in that realm of of playing music like working like being a working musician and it was hard work but it was always really fun to do so I learned just a ton from them and from those experiences and how long has it been since you've been not with the band? Um, I believe I finally called it quits like last March or April. So I'm coming up on a year of 100% solo. Um, I started playing solo a while back. Like I was kind of doing both for a while, and which was great because I learned taught me how to not rely on my band. I would, you know, it's very, very different to get up and play guitar. If you make a mistake and there's drums and a bass and an electric guitar like you can kind of fudge some things and so I you know um stepping away from them helped me also be a better musician for that and it made me better in the band as well as out of the band after like kind of creating these two different paths but yeah like I eventually got to the point where my songwriting wasn't really fitting in with the type of band that we were like we weren't I was writing these folk songs and they're like where are we gonna where are we gonna play this like how can we we can't play this at these gigs and stuff and so I was like all right cool then I'm gonna go do this and you know, I'm still in touch with my, some of my bandmates and we still get along great. And um, it's just a, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So whenever you play another original. All righty. Uh, what do you what do you have in mind for us? Oh, I am going to play a song called Used to the Cold. And I was playing this last night at my house concert that I was at in New Braunfels. And I don't have like a good story behind what the song's about, but I have a story about where I was when I wrote it and um, I was on my way home from song school in Colorado and it was like about an I think it was like an eight hour drive and I stopped to camp one night at the at on the banks of the Green River in Dinosaur National Monument and I just camping there by myself and I had this line that I pulled out of a notebook that was just the term used to the cold and I had that campfire going and I had this shortcut capo that I had just gotten at song school and I was messing around with chords and like these dissonant sounds and then had to put a storyline together behind the song but I just remember like um hanging out on the riverbanks and and camping and being by myself under the stars at night and writing the song 
just another Tuesday night And the bills aren't paid He yells at me like it's his job And I take it all in stride He cracks himself another beer He says it helps keep his head clear And I slip out the door My shift starts at midnight It's the dead of winter The air is bitter The nights are as long as they'll ever be And isn't it strange How we So one of the things we like to do is really help try and bring value to our listeners, especially if they're like younger musicians trying to get started. So first thing I want to ask is, uh, what kind of advice do you have for younger musicians? Oh, um, well, I don't know that I feel qualified, but as I, I kind of feel like I'm figuring it out all the time. I think it's really important to find your people in this, it, that really changed the game for me of finding my community and what I like to call my folk family. And every time I go somewhere like tour or 
to a folk alliance conference or um, to song school or something like that. I just, my friend circle grows with these really wonderful people who really, really care about what it is that I do and what they're probably doing as well. So whether they're a music patron or or a songwriter, um, it really, really helps to have those people in your corner who get you. And um, they're really the only reason like it makes it possible to keep going and not feel like I'm a crazy person all the time and feel supported and encouraged to keep going. So I think finding your people and really knowing the difference between the people who mean well and the people who really are trying to help you grow. Um, Because I think there's a lot of people with great intentions or look supportive on the outside, but they're not something you want, someone you want to attach yourself to when it, in terms of growth, um, really start to recognize who's holding you back and who is your champion. I think that's huge. And then on a more fun note, I say, get a guitar or your instrument that you really, really love to play. Um, I had, I've had, I have a, had a couple guitars in my lifetime, but I just remember it's like, when I got this guitar, like I love this guitar. And it changed how um, I sat down to play music just because I had so much fun playing it that, you know, create fun for yourself and don't be afraid to like just get the, you know, like it's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to always be tons of hard work. So like do something that's fun so that you'll want to go sit down and work on it. And, you know, sometimes I think it can be really frustrating. And so if you have that like little carrot then it's like oh well I really want to go sit down and do that (laughs) I don't know if that's good advice but it's fun advice like yeah my advice is go buy a cool guitar (laughs) it's it's practical advice like I mean if you're not enjoying it then yeah what are you doing like you know you gotta have you gotta find joy in it and so that's definitely really sound advice yeah Um, and all your other musician and friends will agree (laughs) they'll be like yeah you should buy the guitar (laughs) um what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten um, I got some advice from Jamie Harris. Was that last year or the year before? Um, she's a great Austin based. Well, I think she's in Nashville now, but I think she's from Texas, um, songwriter. And man, when I first saw her play, I was like, this, she is awesome. I need to know everything about her so I can understand like how to be awesome as well. And so I got the chance to talk to her one time. And I was just like, can I pick your brain and ask her advice? And she was just saying her two big pieces of advice were one, protect yourself as far as content. It was more of a like nuts and bolts conversation about like copyright and publishing rights and everything. And she's like, just make sure you take ownership of it and, um, you know, protect yourself when it comes to your content. And then the other piece of advice she gave me was go to all the things. And she's like, in this business, people want to hire their friends. They want to work with their friends. And so just like go to all the things, go to the conferences, go to the festivals, go to, you know, the song circles or whatever it is where your people are going to be and be present and be friendly and make friends with everybody and don't burn bridges because, you know, that's how you keep going is you make all these friends along the way and, and they're the ones that are going to have your back. Or if they need something, you're there for them. Or if you need something, they're there for you. But then when it comes down to it, it's like they're going to be the person that you write a song with or share a show with or open for them or whatever. And like, she's like, just be present and go to all the things. And so that's that's also really fun advice because the advice is go to music festivals. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll go to music festivals then. (laughs) So it's been really fun advice to follow through on. Um, Is there a piece of advice that you wish you would have gotten when you were first starting out as a musician? 
<sighs> or yeah. Something you, or something you wish you would have known before you got into. Yeah, I think, um, I, I mean, I've had a lot of confidence issues in the past as far as like feeling like I belonged there or was good enough to be there. And so I think that it would be really cool if I could go back to my younger self and just be, just tell that younger person be like, you are good enough. Keep going. You have something that people want to hear. And I think maybe I keep, I need, I need to tell myself that just like daily or something, <laughs> but just feel that feeling of, um, you deserving to be there and that authenticity it's called imposter syndrome and I feel like that comes up a lot for me so like being able to get up on stage Eddie when I was younger and being able to just own it and just know that I belong there I felt like I was shy a lot and feeling like oh I hope people like me instead of just being like here you go here's my songs let's have a good time kind of a thing so I think if I could give myself a confidence boost that would have been really nice (laughs) a long time ago (laughs) Um, is there a place that you haven't played yet that you really want to play? Like, is there like a bucket list that you're... Oh, it's a very, probably a pretty long list. Um, I don't know. I'm still like trying to, like, I keep discovering new venues all the time. And like, I mean, Utah, there's a lot of places in Utah. I would really like to play the state room in Utah. That would be great. That would be really cool. <laughs> but as far as like other, I mean, there's of course like the big time, like dream ones, like Red Rocks would be like an amazing dream come true. Um, but I keep learning about all these different places. Like the world is a big place, especially like, I mean, Texas is a big place full of amazing venues. And just yesterday, someone was telling me about this whole nother festival that I didn't even know about. And they're like, well, we can connect to this person and you can play here and you can play there. And I was like, Yes, to all the things. I want to play all these places. So there's just so much to learn about of great, amazing venues. So all of them. I want to play all of them. (laughs) Even like in our process of doing all these different interviews and the videos and stuff, we've been introduced to a bunch of people and we're learning about music festivals. Like when I was in school, I lived in Carbondale, Illinois, which is about an hour from St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, oh, do you ever go to this festival or this festival? I was like, I have no idea what those festivals are. And they're like, oh, well, these are huge festivals. You need to go do that. And, it's mm-hmm. like, and then like, even when I was living in Florida, there's like a huge historic blues club down there. I lived in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. There's a huge historic blues club that they brought in like all kinds of these blues legends. And even back in the day in like the late 70s, early 80s, they were like really big in baseball, which was kind of random. Like random. Like where the club is, they had a baseball diamond across the street, and okay. there was like a lot of like legends that got their broke their broke their teeth or cut their teeth playing yeah. baseball there. That's and crazy like, and funny. I want to learn more about those kind of places because <laughs> it like that's yeah. so rare. Like when you like it's not movie, just yeah, they're not like well, this is a music festival. It's good for your resume. Like no, this is like a community, and yeah. this is our thing, and this yeah. is where yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna have you play another original. Alrighty. Um, what are you playing? What are you? What are you? I'm gonna play this song. is called "From the Distance." Um, it's changed titles a few times, so it takes me a second to remember here and there. But this is uh, a song that I started writing at my sister's Thanksgiving dinner table a couple years ago, and it's probably been through eight or nine drafts at this point. And um, I think. I think I've settled on this final draft. We'll see. Um, but yeah, this song is, you know, I don't usually talk about what the song talks about, but it's a uh, touching on that um, feeling of, of closure, you know, in a relationship and if, if, you know, and not sometimes not getting it and 
how you deal with that. So like that unstable feeling and be like, did I screw up? Did you screw up? Like, is it like, is it fine? Is it not fine? So that's what this song is about. Is there a reason why it's kind of been a work in progress? I, my hypothesis is that I started with the verses when I wrote them and I love the verses and I think they're solid. Um, and I think that now I tend to try and start with a chorus and then write the verses to fill in. And so my hypothesis is that I've written these verses and then you have to somehow create the glue that binds it all together. And if you don't know what the glue is before you start, then I think that can create trouble down the line. And so I've rewritten the chorus like six times alone. So that's probably, I'm going to go ahead and say that might be why. (laughs) Awesome. Can't wait to hear it. All right. But it still wasn't you I stared at the ceiling In the dark feeling The emptiness fill up the room I'm trying to recall The last time we spoke Did I sting you with something I said A turbulent tide Of tiresome doubt Gathered in the pit of my chest Never cared from the start. 
from a distance We spent a good majority of the time talking about your past and a lot of the stuff that you've gone through, but where do you see yourself going? Like, what's the future hold for you? Um, well, <laughs> right now to get through with this tour and then go home and like reset. <laughs> I've been, I was uh, traveling in February or in January and then I'm traveling now. So when I get home, I have some planning to do, but, um, this, I'm really just starting my foray into touring. And so I really love that I have something that can take me pretty much anywhere I want to go. So I really want to book, book some tours and travel around a lot and um, just start to play in all kinds of new places and uh, coordinate with some friends and, and collaborate when it comes to writing and, and playing shows. And that's pretty much like a big piece of my goal for 2020. But um, also just to write as much as I can, I really, really want to put together either an EP or a full-length record over the next year. And so right now I'm in the process of really getting those songs dialed and crafted really well that they're ready for uh, a record and I want to find the right producer to help me with that that's something I don't have a skill set with and so I that's something I really want to learn and do it from like before I did it very DIY and the next time I want to do it um you know I, I want to glean wisdom from somebody else who can kind of show me the ropes and how it's done and and help me make a really great record and uh yeah that's like just a, a dream of mine and now it's starting to get into the point where I'm like oh we gotta start putting that together so I'm getting to the point of like let's do the initial steps of getting the songs ready for a record and then taking that record all over and taking it on the road well I, I do have to say the one thing I really admire about you and solo act solo musicians in general is a, their ability and willingness to just pick a place and go to a by themselves because <laughs> I yeah <laughs> you know, just because I kind of do the same thing and it's like, okay, I'm, I've never been there. Let's go. Yeah. You know, and I know it's not easy, like, especially when you have to make yourself so vulnerable on a nightly basis, you're out there giving it, you're all on stage and I can only imagine how much harder that is. <laughs> um, so as you're kind of planning out the rest of your 2020 what are some, do you have some like goal or you kind of mentioned that you wanted to get, uh, or you had mentioned that you wanted to get a full length album out. Mm -hmm. Is that something you want to get done by the end of the year? Like what's the, I don't think I would, I don't think I would have it out by the end of the year, but I feel like if I could have the songs ready, um, and find a producer and raise enough money to do it, that would be like, I feel like that's doable by the end of the year. Um, and possibly if it all comes together, <laughs> if that comes together, then like even to the point of like tracking it um, and like go actually going into the studio would be amazing. Um, but if not, then early 2021 would, that seems reasonable, but then really, I think the release, I really want to do the release right as well. Mm -hmm. um, and really put the time and effort into, you know, getting some press behind it slash like getting it in the hands of radio DJs and, um, you know, all the things that you're supposed to do. There's apparently like a really long checklist, but uh, I want to be able to really give it time. And one piece of advice I've gotten from Mary Bragg, um, she, one, something she told me was she's like, when your record's ready, just stop for a second and breathe and then take your time and release it right. And don't just like 
a lot of times people will get done with a record and then they'll be so sick of working on it that they're like, just put it out and then let's move on to the next thing. And you're like, well, you put all this effort into making it. Let's let, let get, let's get people to hear it. So I want to, that part I like weirdly look forward to, which nobody looks forward to. <laughs> um, do you have any like touring aspirations for the year? Like, Oh, um, I'm hoping to do some Colorado days cause I have some travel in Colorado um coming up that i would like to could build some dates around i'm playing it in tucson in april at the tucson folk festival and potentially could put some dates around that um i love texas and i'll hopefully be back here in the spring and um for a songwriting contest or two fingers crossed um but yeah i don't know i i, I think I, I have some friends that i want to pick their brains about and in, in like the southeast and just kind of see if I can either piggyback off of their tour routes or they can connect me with people. But I just want to kind of, I don't know. That's what I got to figure out when I get home is like, where, where to next? And then once I pin down one show, then I can just kind of go from there and, and build around for either four days or eight days or however long it will require. And outside of this tour, how far ahead are you booked? Oh, not very far. <laughs> I have some stuff sporadically throughout the the year, like a couple of different things that I have like kind of outlined on my calendar, but I have, it took a lot of planning to get this together. And, um, it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm going to work on songwriting for this amount of time. And then all the booking slides off your plate and then you work on booking and then you have like three months of stuff booked up and then you have to write again anyway. So it's like an ebb and flow of being busy and then not being busy and being busy and not being busy. So right now I'm coming out of a um, I was in New Orleans and Asheville and Nashville for two weeks, and then I'm here for two weeks and or just shy of two weeks. And so I've had a lot of busyness up until this point. So I'm going to take a break and reset and figure out the next move. Um, where can, as we kind of start wrapping this up, um, where can people find you on social media and how can they see your tour schedule? What's Sure. Um, I'm on all the things as far as... Um, Facebook, Alicia Stockman Music, Instagram, Alicia Stockman Music. Um, my website is aliciastockman.com or aliciastockmanmusic.com for consistency. And I'm pretty good about putting up all my dates on all those things. And I'm on Spotify, iTunes, and all those things with my EP that I put out last year. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty responsive. I manage it all myself. So if anyone drops me a line, I will be there to answer the message. <laughs> I can vouch she is because I think that's how we talk is through your, um, through my Facebook page. Yeah. Through your musician's page. Uh, which, uh, social media are you most? I think I'm, I think I like Instagram the most. I'm pretty active on Facebook, but I think I kind of feel it's a necessary evil, but I, I'm, I'm good at Instagram and I like Instagram. I won't say I'm good at Instagram. I'm good at being on Instagram. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, so we're going to have you play one last song okay. to send everybody home with. Uh, what song are you going to play? Seeing as we're in Texas and this is one of my newest songs, I'm going to play you guys a song that's called Halfway to Houston. And it is, you know, it's a breakup song as, you know, the, as songwriters, we call that low hanging fruit. So it's pretty easy to write about breakups here and there. Um, but yeah, this is my halfway to Houston song. Tip 
tiptoeing on eggshells Packing up my car Thank you so much for having me. I'm Alicia Stockman, singer-songwriter from outside of Salt Lake City, Utah. And catch me online, and I will see you guys around. Please excuse us while we pay some bills. We're keeping the sponsors really tight this week. Uh, first off, we want to shout out and thank everybody that's always supported us. We want to shout out MXL Microphones. It always 
love doing business with you. You guys make the best mics. Uh, we use them all the time. I am currently recording on the Lime Green Pop Mic. Is absolutely amazing. It gives me such a great sound, and it's super easy to use anywhere we go. We'd also like to shout out Gasparilla Music Festival this weekend, March 7th and 8th. If you're in Tampa, Florida, make sure you check out Gasparilla Music Festival. It is absolutely one of the best locally run music festivals we've been to. Um, they have some of the most amazing lineups. It is absolutely a blast. And if you're in Tampa, Florida, make sure you go check them out. Thirdly, while we're on the topic of great music festivals, we want to shout out the Baygrass Bluegrass Festival. Um, we work with them every January. We come down, we hang out, we shoot the shit, we do our live and amplified thing. And we absolutely love working with them and the Isla Mirada Community Entertainment Group. They are some of the best people we know. It is a small music festival, but it is an absolutely amazing festival. And make sure you join up with the Isla Mirada Community Entertainment and check them out. Finally, one last sponsor to shout out. Shout out to thelibertyinc.com for all your support. And if you're ever in Roswell, New Mexico, make sure you check out thelibertyinc.com for all their local events and shows. I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, jam session with Alicia Stockman. Um, it was a great honor to meet her. Uh, she, We had tried to link up and do something together when we were traveling through Salt Lake City and Park City last summer. But unfortunately, schedules didn't work and things came up. We understand. She understood. And... She was on her tour, Texas tour, Heart of Texas tour, I believe is what she was calling it. And she luckily had a day off, and so we were able to make things work out, which I'm so grateful for. She was absolutely amazing to work with, and we love having her, and hopefully she will come back down and we'll get to work together again. That being said, it is time for our next segment. It is the Live and Amplified Fan Feedback Artist of the Week. Um, this week it's a little different because for we were having some technical issues. We weren't able to secure any uh, voice memos from fans of the artist, but we still got an interview, so we're going to jump into that right here in a minute. She's a really sweet girl all the way from Canada. Her name is Haley Verall. Uh, guys nominated her last week. It was absolutely awesome. And... We sat down and had a quick conversation with her, and we're going to jump into it right now. So, Haley, what got you into music initially? What got me into music initially was just I grew up listening to it. My dad was in a barbershopper quartet, and I always listened to music with him in his old truck and was constantly singing with him. So I grew up listening to it, and then I grew up going to music festivals. So I just fell in love with the storytelling of country music. Nice. And um, what's your uh, creative process like when you're sitting down to write music? When I'm sitting down to write music, is normally I always think about titles of songs, whether it be me sitting in bed, sitting on public transit, or just in the car ride home from a gig. I always come up with titles, and then I sit down at my desk with my guitar, and I look at these titles. And I try and come up with a chorus or some sort of riff that could really go cool with these song titles that I've written. Nice. And um, what do you, how do you decide what you're going to write about? 
how I really decide what I'm going to write about is usually some days I'm just like, I need to think of a theme. Maybe it be love. Maybe it'll be about the world. It's just how I'm feeling that day. If I want to write a song, maybe about myself, I'm like, I'm going to sit down. I see this title I've created. Let's try and write a song about it. Cool. Um, who are some... Um music or who do you draw influence from musically miss dolly parton has been one of my biggest inspirations ever since i ever saw her live even before then and i've grown up to listen to a lot of female country artists i actually recently saw megan patrick the other day live and just what she stands for and how she sings and how she writes lyrically is something that really inspires me and uh, you, you're currently based out of Ontario, correct? Yes, I'm based out of Burlington, Ontario. Okay. And what, what's the uh, independent music scene like there? The independent music scene in Burlington is very widespread. Okay. There's so many musicians out there. There's a couple of country. There's a lot of blues and rock here in Burlington. But I found another Burlington musician that does country, and we're just working together. Nice. And um, where where are you at creatively right now? Are you working on an album? Are you writing, recording? Where are you at right now with that? Currently right now, I'm working on getting as much music out there as possible. So I'm collaborating with other musicians. I'm songwriting. I'm currently still independently songwriting with myself, trying to be more authentic and just get as much music out on social media and streaming platforms this year so more people can hear my music and uh you have a how many uh do you you've released an ep previously back in 2014 have you released anything since then or have you pretty much done like the uh pretty much a lot of singles and stuff like that so we've actually taken that one off um 2014 off of spotify but i have released stuff since then so back in July, 2019, I released my very first debut single, Like You Mean It, okay. to Spotify, country radio, all the social media and streaming platforms. But then the start of 2020, in January 17th, I released my Listen Basement Sessions EP, which has five songs on it. Okay. Since then, we're currently working on more songs to release. Perfect. And uh, what if, from the... Uh you said it was called the Listen Basements session, right? Yes. What did you learn or what, what was that process like? What did you take away from it? Did you, or yeah, what did you take away from the recording of that project and the release of it? What I learned when recording that EP was, I just lyrically, that, that EP is so sentimental to me. All those songs on there were written for a reason. And they're written about me and my experiences within the music industry with love. And I wanted to portray that to everyone else and make them be able to connect with that. And it was really fun being able to record it because I got to record it with my boyfriend. So it was really fun. Nice. And how is your, from the uh, EP that you released in 2014 to the one that we were just talking about, how has your music changed? My experiences within the music industry my vocals, my voice has changed since then, and my songwriting has changed since then. I'm able to relate more to my songs and not just write to write. 
since I've been writing and experiencing more in the industry, it's been more authentic. Awesome. And um, so one of the things that we really like doing here on Live and Amplified is we want to try and cultivate um, younger musicians and make sure they're getting into the music for the right reasons that it's a passion and they're not coming in with like uh, false pretenses of being sold the bill of goods of, oh, you make the, or start making music and you're going to make millions of dollars because that's not always how it happens. Um, so one thing we want to do is try and bring value to these musicians so that they have a firm grasp of reality and what the music business is. So what advice do you have for young musicians that are just starting out? The advice I have for you guys that are just starting out is just be true to yourself. The music industry is going to try and dumb you down. They're going to try and peeve at everything that you have. And they're going to tell you you're not ready or your songs are terrible, but don't listen to them. Keep doing what you're doing because eventually something will happen. And what I say is everything happens for a reason. I have had a lot of, it's like a roller coaster. Music is a big roller coaster. Mm -hmm. You're going to have your ups, you're going to have your downs, but it's all going to be worth it if you keep up for it. And don't think about the money. The money will come later. But the more you do it just because you love what you're doing and you want to make an impact, not only on yourself, but others, it'll come through. Perfect. Perfect way to say it. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Well, there's been so many people I've met throughout, throughout my time being in the music industry. There's been some terrible people and there's been some great people. And the, the best person I've met she just says, you got to be authentic with yourself. And when I heard that, that just made me realize, you know what? I got to write more authentic uh, because I was just writing to write when I was younger. But now that I've grown and I'm writing stuff that actually connects with me, I'm able to connect with the audience more and it's changing who I am as a musician. And what's one thing you know now that you wish you would have known when you first got started in music? Learn how to say no. Simple. Perfect. Um, so the, what I was looking through your website before you jumped on here and I noticed that you have a bunch or that you won female vocalist of the year in 2019. And I'm not, uh, the NACMAI, I think is what it was. Yes. What would, First of all, what is the organization that you won Female Vocalist of the Year for? And then how, how, how did you get involved with all that? So that was a competition, actually. The North American Country Music Association International, so NACMI. Uh, that was a competition. I'm actually doing it this year, too. But that was a competition where everybody from all over the states and Canada are able to compete against each other and just show their talent and their passion for music. And I happened to walk away with three awards last year, which was the International Vocalist of the Year, um, a Songwriting Award for Like You Mean It, mm -hmm. and also the International Entertainer of the Year. So it was really amazing. And we're, we're going to be doing that again because I want to be able to bring light that Burlington and Ontario has some great country music. Perfect. And um, 
how or was that was 2019 the first year that you competed in that or yes that was my very first year okay is it something that you have to get invited to or you just kind of sign up and say hey i want to compete nope you sign up and you just say you want to compete okay perfect and then it, I, it also saw that you won burlington post readers choice gold award and yes best arts person of the year Yes, 2019 a, was a truly inspiring year for myself. Awesome. And that, that was um, also 2019. That's a local publication? Yes. In, yeah. Um, so how, I guess we'll jump right into that. How has uh, 2019 changed the trajectory of your music career? Because it looks like, well, not it. you've had a lot of notoriety with a lot of awards and you're starting to really pick up steam with the release of some of your new music how's uh how's 2019 really shaped the future for your career 2019 was the year that i i met so many people in the music industry that want to work with me and that i would love to work with that i didn't have access to before i released my very first single in july when i released that first single i wasn't too sure about the music industry itself and i definitely learned a lot of lessons when i released that first single but after meeting people and collaborating with other artists and just being able to see the music industry from others' perspectives that are already doing it, I've learned so much. And now I know what to do this year. Perfect. And uh, so for the people that aren't familiar with your history and just to kind of give a brief overview, what, what is the history of your music career? Like when did you start? all that stuff what really shaped my music career and really wanted me to push to pursue music because I felt it was my purpose was four years ago or three years ago when I was in my third year of college we were we had to do an assignment or a project that showed us who we were and I felt everybody else was doing like a single or an album and I wanted to do something I could do in my future as well so I started a project called singing for smiles where I go around to different retirement homes and nursing homes and sing old country classics from an experience where my grandma suffered from a stroke that paralyzed the right side of her body and her throat. So I wanted to touch on that and I really enjoy it and I still do it to this day because I love the impact it has on people, especially music and just lyrically being able to see those people smile and just have some life in their life nice. because people are in nursing homes and they're just, sad they're depressed they're not celebrating the rest of their life they're just sitting in a nursing home waiting for their day yeah i that's very that's it's a very admirable thing to try and accomplish i, I really appreciate that um and so from how where so that was you said that was about four years ago when you really Three or started? four years ago when i started that project okay and then from there, it ju you just, just kind of started working towards where you are now. Got it. And then how does the uh, how did the uh, album that you released in 2014? How is that change or how does how does that kind of fit into the story of your music career? Since that's about six years ago at this point. Yeah. So that album was really just working with my mother, she was, uh, she had songs or po poems written 
that she wanted music to. And I worked really hard with that. And I found that I was able to melody, put melody to lyrics. And I really enjoyed those songs, especially when I was younger. The one song in particular I wrote myself was Young Gambler. And I really fell in love with songwriting. Now, I wasn't the greatest at it, but we got to start from somewhere. Yep. So that's why I really felt my songwriting from six years ago to today has changed. Yeah, understood. Um, and what was, why did you feel that you had to take that album out of rotation, so to speak? I felt to take it out of rotation for now just because it doesn't show who I am as an artist today. My voice has changed and my songwriting has changed. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to just keep it off forever. I may re-release some of those songs and, and just make them a little bit different and maybe better with, with the experiences that I had today and my vocals, how they changed so much. I might release it again. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so when you're not playing music, what do you do for fun? Like, how do you just kind of decompress from the, from playing music and just kind of, yeah, how do you decompress? There's a lot of things and I actually want to get back into it. Uh, I used to bowl professionally. Okay. Um, and I really want to get back into it. I, I happened to age out of the, uh, youth bowling council of Canada. So okay. I definitely want to join back into a league and just have fun because I, I really enjoyed bowling and I was good at it. Nice. I used to bowl all the way until about college and I tried out for the college team and I didn't make the team and my knees were going bad. So I just kind of slowly gave it up because my knees were just not having it anymore. Um, oh, that sucks. Yeah. But, you know, every – Every time I go visit my friends back home, it's like, man, I really want to really want to go bowl, but I don't have any equipment. And if I can't, if I can't at least make myself look like I've done this before, then I don't want to do it anymore. You know? Yeah. So that's cool. I, I totally respect bowling. Like I, like I try and watch it as much as I can, at least the PBA and stuff. Um, and then, maybe one of these days I'll get back into a league if I can ever just let go of the competitive aspect and just go out and have fun with it again. Yeah. Cause I definitely haven't had much time to do anything else but music. But when I do have time, I like hanging out with my friends and my boyfriend and just enjoying and going to Toronto, walking and seeing scenery. It's really fun. Nice. And uh, have you had a have you had the opportunity to come play in the U S at all or? Um, not too much. I have played a couple of uh, open mics in the U.S., um, yeah. like the Bluebird Cafe in, te in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, yes. I did, I did hear or see you post about that. Yeah. And then at the uh, NACMI music competition, I got to play on stages there, which is really amazing. Nice. And where was that held? Uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Okay. So you... You, did you go to, uh, what is it, Dolly Parton Land, I think is the name of um, Dollywood? No, yeah, that's not is. where the competition was held. It's oh, an, actually at the Country Tonight Theater. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but I have been to Dollywood, and it's amazing. I love it. Okay. Nice. Um, but I want to go back to the Bluebird Cafe, because I just recently found out how prestigious it is. 
um because i've worked with a couple of musicians that have played some of their writers rounds there and i just kept hearing about this place that people go play and then oh yeah i was talking to one musician from australia and she's like oh no that's like you work with people that have worked uh some of the writers rounds there's that's amazing like you don't know how prestigious that really is so oh yeah it's it's very busy so the way you get into it and the reason why it's so hard and prestigious is they only allow 25 up to 25 and you have to call at a certain time and they only take up to 25 and you got hundreds of callers calling in every single monday trying to get in Oh, wow. And that's just people to come in and watch, or is that musicians? So that's musicians. That's tw up 25 musicians that get to play that night. They only get to play about one song, and a second song, if you're lucky, and your name gets called a second time. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, but then you have to wait. So if you want people to come watch, or if you want to go watch the show, you have to wait again and start calling in, because they only have a limited number of seats. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So it's that's very hard to get into. And that's for the writer's rounds, or is that for the open mics? Um, so that is for the open mics, okay. and they only allow original music. Okay, cool. And so it was, did you get invited, or was it just like the luck of the draw that you just happened to get the, get the call in at the right time to answer? It was the luck of the draw. <laughs> nice. That is amazing. And is moving to nashville like a dream that you want to accomplish one day or are you good with staying where you're at and just trying to make the music dream work for right now i'm happy where i'm at in canada i've gained a lot of fans i've made a name for myself a little bit in canada which i'm loving but i would definitely love to go to nashville at some point my, my dream actually is to sing on the grand Ole Opry stage on that circle where all mm -hmm. those legends have sung before Oh, wow. Yeah. The, I haven't gotten to go to the Grand Ole Opry to see, or at like a show at the Grand Ole Opry. I just got to walk through like the outside of it. They had a, or they have like a gift shop and like just a bunch of touristy things to draw people in. Um, that's about as close to the Grand Ole Opry as I've made it so far. Wow. Yeah, if you, if you get the chance, definitely you should go see a show. It's really amazing. And the stage presence of all those performers that are on stage, it's really amazing. Nice. And um, so speaking of stage presence and all that stuff, how does, your, is, how does your live show differ from your album? Is, it, is there a huge difference or like what's the difference? People say I sound better live than I do on the record, okay. um, which is not a bad thing. I think I sound similar, but live, I'm able to re engage with the audience more. Okay. I love being able to see their facial reactions and their expressions through my songs. So it's truly amazing. I love playing live, but I also love recording as well because so I'm able to get my music, music out there to people that aren't here to hear it. Perfect. And so it's fair, like uh, an album recording is fairly accurate to what people will hear live is, yes okay perfect because i know a lot of there's a lot of people that they perform like solo acoustic sets live but then the, if you listen to their album it's like a five piece or yes. if 
you listen to them on the album, they sound really overproduced, and then you go live, and then it's like, no, this is not what they sound like, you know. So that's cool. Yeah, I've definitely heard people like that. But the one musician, and this is why I'm so inspired by her, Dolly Parton, sounds exactly the same live as she does on her records. That's awesome. But the fact that people say that you sound better live on your than on your album, that's a good issue to have. Yeah. In my opinion. <laughs> In my opinion. So um one other thing that we're really trying to draw shed light on in live and amplified is the importance of mental health i'm sure uh going through the business for the last five years like i have and working with as many bands i've seen and lost a lot of associates and a lot of friends due to suicide accidental drug overdoses and from your perspective how important is your mental health Oh, it's so important because the music industry and especially social media and the media itself portrays people and wants people a certain way. And it, it's terrible, especially for females. They're portrayed in a, in a way that is horrible and, and, it, and it, it's sad. And I always tell myself I'm going to stay humble. And there are some days that I struggle, but in the end, I know myself better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And how important is it, how important, or I, I want you to just kind of reiterate how important it is to have an open line of communication, like just to try and reach out to talk to people, because I know there's a lot of situations where, where people feel like they can't talk to anybody. And so then because they feel like they don't have anybody, they turn to drugs or alcohol and then that just sends them down an even darker path. Oh yeah. It's so important to be able to talk to people because people know you as well. Maybe not everything about you, but be open to talk to them about it because they're there to help you. Your fans or people that are around you and your family and friends, they're there to help you. They want you to be the best person that you can be whether that be, that be mentally, emotionally, or physically. Wonderful. Um, what's your upcoming music schedule looking like? What, you got upcoming shows or work? What are, what are, uh, what's your upcoming schedule looking like? So it's pretty busy. I got lots of shows coming up. Uh, March 2nd, I'm at the Brant Rod and Gun Club in Brantford, Ontario, if you guys are in the, in the area. I'm going to be doing a Chevy Cat Sessions feature song right around with a bunch of other original artists. And then March 6th, we're also going to be doing a triple bill in Hamilton, Ontario at the Casva. I'll be working with another Burlington artist and a Hamilton artist. And then if you guys aren't able to make that and you want to see a whole longer show of me, March 7th, I'll be at the Wincy Mills uh, in Brant, Ontario. And then a whole three-hour session on March 13th. Uh, I'm corked on Maine in Georgetown, Ontario. I'll be doing a whole variety of originals, country, pop, and rock. Nice. Perfect. Um, that's awesome. It sounds like you got a full book going, and that's always good to stay busy. Are you, you a full-time musician at this point, or are you still? Yes. Okay. And what's... 
does your do you does your uh, boyfriend play at all or is it just you and so i have a thing where i ha i'm i can be booked as a solo musician okay. a duo with my boyfriend because he plays the cajon and the drums or i can be booked as a full band okay that's and and it's all pretty much j your music just in those different variating forms yes is, okay Perfect. And we do, we, and we can do originals, country, pop, and rock. Like I try and keep it open as much so I can get as many opportunities as possible. Gotcha. And do you got? Do you do any covers at all, or do you? Is it all all originals? Yep, uh, I do originals and covers. I try and do a whole variety. Nice. And what what's the most unique original you'd say that you can cover? Or do you mean? Um, or no, cover yeah, that yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh, wow. It's been a long day already. What's the most unique cover that you have? That's the question I meant. There are so many covers I do, and I kind of do them in my own way. Uh, for our duo, though, the most unique cover I kind of do is Shallow from A Star Is Born. Okay. Nice. That's it's a very timely song. That's awesome. Um, I love the lyrics. Do you, do you do it on piano or do you do it on guitar? Because isn't guitar very, okay? Because that's a very piano heavy song, isn't it? Yeah, okay. it's very acoustically piano kind of vibe. Okay. Um, and what is it about that song that you like to do the that you like to perform it? It really shows the range of my vocals, uh, especially through the chorus. How it just goes up into that higher register. Mm -hmm. It just shows the strength and the vulnerability I can put in my voice. Perfect. Um, and then, what was there any ever any other instrument that you considered playing other than the guitar, or can do you play any other instruments? When I when I started out music, I started playing the banjo as well. Not very well, but mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. I wanted to learn a whole bunch of other instruments. I have, a, I have a ukulele I can play a little bit of. I played trumpet. I played piano. I played a whole bunch of instruments. Gotcha. That's, and that's cool. That's, um, yeah. That, <laughs> sorry. Um, so, because as, as, I don't want to occupy all your time, because I know you, like you mentioned, you got all, all kinds of fun stuff going on. How did you, um, you said, you said earlier that the show last night that we're looking for feedback on for as far as the uh, fan feedback artist goes, um, how did that show go last night? Uh, how did you get involved? You know, all that. That show went really well last night. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was really fun. The owners were amazing, giving me, giving me so much support, sharing it around. And it was just really fun, and I really enjoyed it. Nice. And uh, like, There's not so much I can say about it, because really, it was just really inspiring to know that there's people out there that really want to support you as a musician. Yeah, And it was your first time playing there, correct? Yes. Okay. Is it a new venue, or it was just... The first time. Yeah, they yeah they said they opened the venue back in April of last year. Okay, so it's relatively new, not. Yes. Gotcha. 
And then, so we've talked a lot about what you're currently doing and then what you've done in the past. So what do you see? Where, what's, what's in your future? What do you see in your future? Where do you want to take your music? What's the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal really is to get my music played and just releasing enough music and having enough listeners to make an impact. My whole goal is to impact as many people as possible through my lyrics and through my music. There's so many people that are struggling, even with mental health issues or even from abuse in a relationship. And I want to just touch base and just know that they're, that everything's going to be okay and that their people are here for them. And do you still, um, do you still play at the nursing homes like for the, like the project that you were doing in uh, a few years back? Do you still get the opportunity to go play at nursing homes? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I get lots of opportunities. I actually got a couple this week coming up. So it's really amazing I'm able to still do that. And I really enjoy it. And the old folks, the elderly, they really enjoy it. Cool. And you pretty much, do you have a, is it like the same, is it in the same like areas, like the same nursing homes, or do you try and go to different places? outside of um where you're at currently in ontario i try and go as far as i can go um a lot of play a lot of the same places rebook me because the residents really want it uh, and a lot of new places book me because those places that are already booking me are emailing them and letting them know that i'm around and i also go i also have a brochure and some cards now that i that i've been driving around and passing around nice that's awesome um so where can people find you on social media to keep up with you and all your shows and all the all your new music? Where can people find you on social media? So if you want to look me up, you can find me at Haley Vero Music on all social media. So it's H-A-Y-L-E-Y-V-E-R-R-A-L-L Music. Awesome. Perfect. I want um I just want to thank you so much for uh given me the opportunity to sit here and chat with you for a little bit. Like I mentioned before, I don't want to occupy all your time. Um, and uh, it's been a great conversation. I really, I've really enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Um, is there anything, last little tidbits that you'd like to throw out there or anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to talk about? Well, I just want to give a big thank you to you for giving me the opportunity and making that post about the artist fan. Uh, feedback artist of the week and I support all my fans thank you very much for giving me the opportunity and the nominations it's truly inspiring it makes me want to grow and do more as a musician because I know you guys are enjoying what I put out mm -hmm. and I want to give you a thank you very much Tom for all the work you put in for live and amplified oh, thank you and I, I just want to say it was going to be hard to miss all the Haley Verall posts and comments and all that stuff. So it was very hard to miss it. And it was an easy choice this week. So that was the uh, fan feedback artist of the week this week. I hope you guys enjoyed the, that segment. Um, and it's time to cut to the chase. Uh, it's uh, time to announce next week's fan feedback artist of the week. But if you guys have been paying attention, you kind of already know who it is because 
They were originally nominated two weeks ago and had some technical issues, so we worked around it. And they have another show coming up here, March 7th. It is... It is Red Eye Ruby from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they have a show this Saturday, March 7th from 9 to 1 a.m. at Maslack's Bar and Grill in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So if you're going to be in the area or you're from Minneapolis, Minnesota, make sure you go and check them out and submit us some feedback. Let us know what you think of them and uh, what you think of their set. And just to clarify, we all we're really looking for is voice memos. So take out your phone, do a little recording, and tell us what you think. Or if you have history with the band, tell us what you think, you know. Just for clarification, um, all we're really looking for is a voice memo with your feedback. So just it's super simple. Take out your phone, do a little voice recording, tell us what you think, what you thought of the show, what you thought of the band. And, you know, and we'll feature it on the podcast next week. So that's really all all we're uh, looking for. It's nothing too high tech. We don't really need any, like, super clean recording, if you will. But, you know, the cleaner the better. And uh, we'll get you on the podcast next week if you got something to say. We got so many great episodes coming up. We got so many great musicians coming on the podcast. So we really appreciate all the love and support. We can't wait to share with you what we got going on. Sorry, there's not been a featured show segment last episode or this episode. Uh, I forgot to post the link this week. I apologize. Um, But we do know of a few upcoming shows that we can spam out. Uh, Definitely, like we mentioned during the fan feedback uh, segment when we announced Red Eye Ruby. They have a show coming up Saturday, March 7th at Maslack's Bar and Grill in Minneapolis, Minnesota. That is Saturday, March 7th from 9 to 1 a.m. Well, I really appreciate you guys giving me the time to sit down and chat with you. It's coming towards the end of the podcast, so you know what that means. It is time for our cover song of the week. This week, our cover song of the week is is a Marilyn Manson cover by the band Human Hearts. They are covering Minute of Decay. I just got done listening to it. It's a really good cover. I think you guys are going to absolutely love it. I can't wait for you to check it out, so let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it.
That's our show for this week, y'all. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Can't wait for you guys to come back next week. We have another amazing musician lined up. Uh, Just wanted to jump on here and once again apologize. I am so sorry that this podcast is a little bit shorter than usual. Uh, Is Like I mentioned, it's been a long week. That being said, but if you guys would like to support the podcast in any way, please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, at Live N Amplified. I wasn't sure if I was going to announce this on this podcast, but as I'm kind of processing everything, I think now is a good time to do it. As you know, there was a massive tornado that ripped through Middle Tennessee, including Nashville. Like, I think at the moment, 19 lives lost, and tens of thousands of people displaced from their home because the tornado was on the ground for I think I read like 60 miles it was like a very strong EF3 possibly a very low EF4 which is an absolutely 
horrendously huge tornado. And so we really want to try and help the Nashville community because we feel so tied to it. We work with so many local musicians that we really want to try our best to help. So that being said, uh, we are piling a Nashville Strong compilation album with musicians that we worked with that are currently living in Nashville. For each album or for each ten dollars donated to the Community Foundation, we will have a link set up right now on our Facebook page. Um, and every donate every ten dollar donation made to the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee, you will receive a copy of a digital download of the Live and Amplified Prevents Nashville Strong fundraiser compilation, which will feature local Nashville artists. I think you guys are going to absolutely love it. And if nothing else, it is for an absolute amazing cause. And I hope you guys will check it out and donate. Tell your friends to donate. Tell your family to donate. Because this is something that's very personal to us. We love Nashville. And we want to make sure that everybody in Nashville stays safe and gets everything they need. But I'm off my soapbox now, so I hope you guys have an amazing day. It's Thursday. We're almost to the end of the week. And I hope you all stay safe, stay strong, stay real, stay humble. And we will see you guys next week. Don't forget, I love y'all. We are here we are doing daily live casts. We are doing weekly jam session podcasts. And we are just fully charged and raring to go. So I hope you guys have a great week. See you all next Thursday at 8 a.m.